and to the point of dream on is like, if you, and this is something that I tell my girls all the time is if, if you write them down on paper, if you like believe in them that hard, if you have like a Joe Spelina or, you know, like in your circle and your people in your circle who believe in you that hard, like, why wouldn't you continue to dream on? Right. Like why wouldn't yeah. you continue to have them and chase after them and um, they can just turn into reality. So I think to that point as well, like find your people and find your circle because um, those people are going to help you make sure those dreams come true. Welcome to Not A 10 Podcast with Mary Griffin. Uh, I have hit you guys with some lacrosse legends for these next episodes. Last week, we had Charlotte North on. And this week, we have Kylie O'Miller, who, if you guys play lacrosse, even play sports, you definitely have heard of her. Um, just a little rundown who Kylie is. Kylie is from Long Island, New York, and she played at Stony Brook. While at Stony Brook, she was a four-time All-American, two-time Torton Award finalist, two-time American East Conference Offensive Player of the Year. And currently um, with the Athletes Unlimited Pro League, she has been a captain three times, which is just absolutely incredible. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with Kylie, just get to know her her um, business, which is going to be awesome, just her experience playing lacrosse. So Kylie, welcome. I'm so excited for you to be here. Mary, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you know, I'm super pumped about any, um, you know, female athlete that is just rocking on their own, doing their own podcast, doing their own thing. So thank you for having me and sharing, sharing the fun. I'm excited yeah. about this conversation. Oh yeah. This is going to be a really fun conversation. I mean, <laughs> great person, great player. It will all be good vibes. Um, so I usually just like jump right in. So I like to just hear about how you grew up, where sports came into it. Just give us a little background of who you are um yeah so like you said I grew up on Long Island in New York um and for those of you who know lacrosse um lacrosse is pretty pretty hot on Long Island um and you know it's kind of like a hotbed for the sport and I didn't start playing lacrosse until I was about eight years old so I was in third grade I played a bunch of sports growing up it's just myself and my younger sister Taryn she's two years younger than me um, you know, our parents had us in sports from the day we could walk pretty much. We were playing soccer, basketball, we swam competitively, all the things. Um, then it came time for a spring sport. So since it was popular and all of our friends were doing it, we picked up lacrosse sticks and we tried it out. And, um, you know, I kind of fell in love with the sport immediately. Um, I just, I can't remember my first couple practices or how really frustrating it was just cause I'm old, I'm getting old now, but, um, you know, I think that, I immediately fell in love with the aspect of like, the more I had my stick in my hand, the better I was going to be at the sport. Like the easier it was the next practice was going to come if I got out on the wall and I like felt more comfortable with my stick the next time. And I just loved that process. So I had, I ended up having my stick in my hands the whole time. Um, and you know, ever since third grade, I then tried out for the Long Island Yellow Jackets in fifth grade, took my, you know, um, lacrosse journey over to the club world and, I was on the same Yellow Jackets team, 2014 blue, um, for nine summers until I graduated, uh, until I graduated high school. So yeah, it was, it became a big, big part of my life. I played basketball and volleyball through high school too, played varsity, um, nine through 12th grade for all three. And I think that was a really important, you know, kind of aspect of my lacrosse career as well as just being able to take those breaks in fall and winter and being able to meet new friends, being able to play with different teammates, 
learn new lessons from different coaches from those different um, sports and kind of just learn different leadership roles as well and take that all into, you know, the next level of lacrosse that I wanted to play. Yeah. I think when I kind of seen this transition, I feel like in the lacrosse world where you meet like these young players and you ask them what sports they play. And sadly, sometimes they're like, oh, I just play lacrosse. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel like growing up, I played all these sports. Like I played basketball because my mom was like, if you're good at defense on basketball, like it, it correlates to lacrosse. So like, do you, when you like approach these like little girls who are learning the sport, do you kind of take that approach of encouraging them to try out other sports as well? Definitely. Um, And, you know, I think like to your point, I think I definitely do see a little bit more specialization at younger and younger ages. And that just comes from, you know, people wanting to get into club earlier, people wanting to get, um, you know, to the clinics, to the camps, to all of the events, and it kind of just overwhelms the entire year. And then there's no time for other sports. Um, But I do think like, to your point, I think that I wouldn't be the lacrosse player that I am today. And I don't think a lot of the people at this level would be the lacrosse players that they are, um, would be the coaches that they are, would be the leaders and the teammates that they are. And I can speak for myself personally there without having played volleyball, without having played basketball. Um, And that's just on the side of things like from a teammate, a player, a person perspective, um, and from a being coachable perspective as well. Um, But then like to your point, right? Like how your mom said um, you could play defense for basketball, just the same way that you play lacrosse, the kind of mechanics and the things and the strategy that kind of crosses over between sports as well. is something that I also try to tell young girls and their parents when it's having the conversation of, hey, should she play more lacrosse or should she be playing um, a bunch of different other things as well? And I think that it's really important to, to dip your toe in a bunch of different areas and, hey, that might be sports, but it also might be other hobbies, you know, like give yourself some time to um, explore and find things that you like and find things that you're good at because, yeah, it could be lacrosse, but it could also be a couple other things as well. And you're never going to find those if you only tie down to one thing for your entire life. Yes. I love that. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, so where did it kind of make your transition in the way of being like, I am shifting my gear more towards lacrosse. This is something I want to take to the next level. Yeah. I think around middle school is when I started, you know, like, um, kind of really becoming a lax rat. Um, it was just kind of like, I was always out on the wall. I was out in the backyard with my sister. Like we would bring our sticks to the beach. We just like always had our sticks in our hands. And, um, at that point it was like, okay, this is a dream of mine. I want to be able to play at the highest level. And at that point in time, you know, there was no professional. Um, I didn't know too, too much about the U S national team. I knew it existed. And if that was a dream, that was definitely a dream of mine for sure. Um, it just seemed really, really far away. But so that my dream then became to be able to play division one, right? Cause that was technically like highest level at the time. Um, and that's just kind of what, what I kind of manifested my dream to be maybe around like seventh, eighth grade. And um, also at that point, like the recruiting rules that exist today um, where you can't technically speak to college coaches until your junior year of high school didn't exist back then. Um, so by the time I got to my freshman year of high school, there were girls my age on different club programs, even in the same club program as me that were already starting to talk to coaches, already committing, verbally committing to programs. And um, so that kind of pressure and that kind of like excitement and nerves and anxiety that like all came from that um, really excelled at a very like high rate, um, very quick pace. Um, But it was also super exciting because I just love the sport so much um, that I knew that if there's any sort of possibility that I could take this game to the next level and take myself 
to the next level and play collegiately, um, play division one, then I was going to make that happen. Yeah. That's a good segue into talking about recruiting and specifically to you and how your recruiting process went. Would you, I mean, you played for a really, really competitive club. I mean, Long Island, Yellow Jackets, they're best, one of the best of the best, um, even today. So what was your recruiting process like? I mean, you are now like this elite player, like a name. Were you always that way? Were you always the type of player that when a coach was on the sideline, you would be picked out immediately? Or was your recruiting process kind of a little bit of a challenge, I guess I could say? Definitely. And I think, um, you know, before I even like kind of answer your question there, I think that everybody's recruiting process is a little bit different. Um, so if there are young listeners out there or parents listening that, you know, have never been through it before, um, try to remember that when you're going through it. Um, because just because you see one, one kind of pathway go the way that it does. And like you said, some people are just from the get go known that they were going to go to a top school because they've always just been so talented. Um, and I guess that wasn't necessarily the case for me. Um, I had, by the time it was time for like my big recruiting summer, um, I went through an injury right before that. So by the time I came back for, um, the summer, I definitely wasn't my best self. I will um, outwardly say that I was definitely not the player, of course, that I am today. Um, I was much, much, much less than that. Um, so in a sense of being recruited, I wasn't like getting the looks of the top 10, top 20 division one programs that I had hoped, right. Um, as a 15, 16 year old with these dreams of playing for those kinds of programs. Um, and especially also, like you mentioned, playing for such a, a talented program and playing for such a talented club. So seeing around me, a lot of those looks happening for my friends and for my peers and for my teammates. And, um, for me, it was, you know, I was still getting incredible looks. I was getting looks from, uh, Loyola. I ended up talking to Hopkins, uh, UMass, UConn, UPenn, like a lot of these schools. And of course, Stony Brook was in the mix. And, um, you know, I think that even just hearing from those coaches, you know, hearing from any sort of coaches was a big boost in my confidence, knowing that um, any kind of coaches had any sort of belief in my potential as a player um, was a really exciting experience and something that I'm super grateful for. Um, so when I did start to go on visits and when I did kind of like start to go through the whole process, you know, I think I was looking at all the different things, right, location and what kind of culture I wanted to play for and um, all those different things. And when Stony Brook reached out, um, it was funny because when I started going through the process, I was like, all right, I typical teenager move. All right. I want to be as far away from my like home as possible. I want to get the whole experience, right? Like quote unquote, whatever that might be away from my parents, like away from life. I want to get like a whole different experience. And so when Stony Brook reached out and that's, you know, 35 minutes from my home home, um, you know, it was kind of like a hesitation at first, but uh, you know, they convinced me to come on campus. They convinced me to have real conversations with them. And when I did, I saw this other side of Stony Brook that, you know, I hadn't seen before as a high school student. I had only seen it as the stadium that our football team went to go play the county championship as once. Right. I'd never seen the full like campus. I'd never seen it um, as somewhere that I could potentially see as my home for the next four years. Um, and I'd also never seen the inside of Joe Spelina's office um, and the way that he kind of spoke to me across that desk and spoke, like just instilled this vision and instilled this belief in this vision that he had um, in the program that he had just come over from Adelphi to start to build. And, you know, he kind of, he spoke on the idea of building Long Island's team and building this um, kind of picture perfect place for 
young lacrosse players that I was right at the time. Um, and I had just gone through growing up being a big lax rat. I just wanted somewhere to be and somewhere to someone to look up to and um, wanted to be at the highest level. And he wanted to create that on the stage at Stony Brook. Um, and the way that he spoke about it um, and the way that he spoke about having me as a part of that team that could be able to do that. Uh, I had never seen any sort of or heard any sort of belief in my potential at that level. And it just immediately bought me. So, um, you know, I think that was what really sold me on Stony Brook. And I'm so grateful that my recruiting process kind of took me through there. Yeah. So the vision that he kind of like created when you visited, were you just at first a little hesitant? You're like, no way, like all this is going to happen. Or were you like, let's take the risk. Like I fully believe him. He seems to have a lot of trust in what he's saying. Or were you just kind of like, oh, I'm like all in, like bought it out. I mean, it was definitely a little bit of both because again, like, remember I'm like a 15, 16 year old. True. Like I I have no idea what's going on. I'm just, (laughs) but at the same time you have this really, um, successful, um, really incredible, just like human in front of you that is pretty much saying, Hey, we're going to turn this team from being 60th, 70th in the nation right now from where it is to a top contender. We're going to win a national championship. We're going to, you're going to be on the cover of magazines. We're going to get you on the U S national team. Um, we're going to do all these special things for, for long Island women's across like this, that, and the other thing. And he's saying this to 15 year old me. Yeah. As a 15 year old, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's go. I'm like looking at my parents and I'm like, what, where else am I going to go after this? Like, like, I'm going to be on a magazine. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. So he was, I, but the thing was, like you said, like he did it in such a way that like made me believe in myself more, Mm -hmm. um, and made me want to buy into the beliefs that he had for the program and for the people that he was going to bring in as well to do the same thing that I would be doing. And that was, you know, to work our butts off, make each other better each and every other day so that we could go beat those top dogs. Um, and that just kind of like, right. Like you to, I guess, answer your question at first, it was a a little hesitant. I definitely like, you know, made sure I went home and like thought about it a little bit, I guess a funny, like recruiting story recruiting process story I can tell you is I was I guess a couple weeks after that um visit I had gone to see him you know he had called me and I was at that point between Hopkins and Stony Brook it was my last two and it was the middle of summer and I guess he was Joseph and I was driving um down to some tournament or something with his entire family in the car he has five kids he had four at the time but um and his wife and they were in the car and he calls me and he's like hey just checking in like where you at in your process like all this stuff I was like, I'm sorry, coach. I still don't really know. I just need a little bit more time, like whatever. And he was like, all right, cool. Just let me know, like whatever. He hangs up the phone. I walk inside my house and I was like, mom, dad, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I want to go to Stony Brook. (laughs) Like, why am I waiting? Yeah. I was like, why am I calling him back? What is going on? (laughs) And they were like, you sure? And I was like, I don't, I've never been more sure in my life. And they were like, call him back. So literally five minutes later, I called him back. He's like, everything. All right. And I was like, (laughs) Hey, hey, coach, I want to come play for you. It's Tony. <laughs> and you hear the whole car, his whole family, like in the background. Woo! Oh my God. That is so fun. You're just like, wait, take a step yeah. back. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like, wait, that's so, so fun. Why am I saying no? You know, like what's and his whole family's there. I love that. Oh and my yeah, God. It was, so it was fun. a good precursor and like a kind of like a little invite to what the next like four years of my life and beyond even now to this day would be because like his family being there and being that excited, like that's 
exactly what it is like at Stony Brook. It's a big family and like his family's involved. All of our families are involved and it's just a, um, it was a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any program that makes you feel the best version of yourself. I mean, that's just a place to be. And clearly I think that's just kind of how it went with you and your journey of recruiting. Um, so once you get to Stony Brook, like you said, you guys are ranked like 60, 70th and your ultimate goal is obviously a national championship to be ranked a top contender. So what did that kind of look like for you guys to make this huge jump in the four years that you, four years you were there, four or five. I don't, yeah. All right, four years that you were there. Um, to just like become like the team like you guys became a name of yourself like even when I was growing up like I was like what is this team Stony Brook and then a year quickly happened and I was like how would I not know who's like what Stony Brook is so like what did that kind of look like um when do you start like realizing that you were a part of something big and part of the change yeah that's a cool question that's a cool way to put it um and I think that you know, the second that I committed, it sounds kind of cliche, but the second that I committed, I knew I was going to be a part of something big. Um, and that's just how heavy that belief was. Like, it's really hard to explain to like someone who wasn't there, but, um, that's just how heavy that belief was. Um, and even still to this day, like even in high school, so I committed going into my junior year of high school. Um, and even like then I still had two years of high school and I was committed to Stony Brook and, you know, I still got some like kind of chirps from friends and like from people like, ah, oh, you must not be that good. You're only going to Stony Brook. Yeah. You know, that kind of like doubt. Right. Like, I would always just be like, all right, we'll see. Like, we'll I'll see, see you on the like, field. Talk to me. Yeah, we'll see. We'll like, see. <laughs> Whatever. Like, you know, I would always just be like that. Cause I just, whatever he was telling me, I just believed. And yeah. I, it was like that, that kind of special feeling. And the second that I stepped on campus, like obviously a lot of people talk about it, right? Like you go to, um, from high school to college across, it's a big jump. Um, it's a way faster pace, like a lot more going on, way more freedom, way more responsibility all at the same time, but it's also the best, right? Because a lot of what you've been kind of anticipating and working for your entire life is now, um, just the opportunity that you get to go grab it right in front of you. Um, and I think that's the way that him and his staff presented it to us. Like, Hey, it's, it's time. Like it's, it's go time. It's our time to kind of like step on stage. And that's how we kind of attacked every single day for my four years there. Um, you know, my freshman year, we had like our first couple big wins as a program ever. We beat Notre Dame, we beat Florida, we beat, um, Northwestern all three for the first time ever as a freshman, you know, I was, ecstatic, right? Like those are major, major things, people and programs that I grew up watching, right? Northwestern winning national championships. So um, just big moves. And then, you know, going into sophomore year, it was like, okay, now the pressure's on. I need to make sure that I'm getting better and better each year so that I can help out my team. And um, I think that's where the switch really flipped was after my sophomore year when I didn't perform personally as well as maybe I was expected to, or maybe I expected myself to in order to help my team succeed. We had about we always laugh about this year because we lost to like three top programs with the same score. This was pre shot clock era, the same score. The score was seven, six. Oh, that's like low. That's like low too. (laughs) Oh, so, you know, like towards the end of the game, they were holding it for like eight minutes, like that kind of situation of a game. And, um, but the score was the exact same. So anytime we see seven, six on a scoreboard, we're like, bad vibes, bad vibes. <laughs> yeah. No thing. It could be like middle of the game. We're like, like, Ooh, <laughs> like let someone do something. Like- <laughs> yeah. score, it doesn't matter who, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, it was just like, after my sophomore year, I kind of like made this really big personal switch of like, okay, I need to, I need to step it up. Mm-hmm. I need to. And that came from myself. It came from my trainers. It came from my coaches. It came from 
like this big collaborative effort of like, all right, we need to step it up a little bit. And I think that's where between my sophomore and my junior year, my junior year was the year that we went, um, uh, did we go undefeated? I don't remember, but it was the year we went all the way through to the elite eight for the first time. And we ended up playing Maryland and losing the Maryland in the elite eight. Um, but like a program first, you know, just that kind of stuff. So I think it was, again, just like going back to like the, since the day I committed, it was that belief. It was when we were at Stony Brook, something that we were big on was if we hated each other at the end of practice, we did the right thing. We did it. That was good to practice. Like, cause that's, okay. because that meant that we were pushing each other to the absolute breaking point. Mm-hmm. And then you go back in the locker room and you're like, all right, cool. Like we just made Our each best other friends. Better. Let it go. Best friends. And then by the time, like you do six days of that all week, by the time game day comes, now you're on the same side finally. And whoever yeah. you're going to play is nothing compared to the person who knows all of your tricks. Yeah. Right. So, um, and that's just kind of how we, how we did it and how they instilled it in us. And that's how they got us to get every little ounce out of us every single day. Um, and that's why we put left it all out on the field every single game day. And that's, I think what makes Stony Brook so special. And that's why, you know, they just keep climbing the rankings and they're sticking up there and they're going to do something special real soon. Yeah. I love that approach. I mean, it's like, I'm mean to you and I don't, I'm treating you this way at practice because I love you at the same time. And because I love our team and like, want the best for us and that's the way to do it uh so going back to how your junior year went and you said you stepped up you made some changes what were those changes specifically were they mentally physically both like what were some tangible things that you did to elevate your game yeah I would um I would say definitely a little bit of both um I did a lot of work over that summer um in you know dropping a little bit of body fat and just kind of getting into better shape I had never really paid attention to what I was putting in my body before nutrition wise and that kind of stuff so that was a big change I had a, a meal plan I had I worked with my trainer on like daily things like that and that was just something I started to take care of my body as if I was a professional athlete um you know and that was something new for me and it made all the difference in my ability to just not worry about what my body was feeling like, or if I was out of breath and I didn't want to go ride, or if that drill was too tiring, so I couldn't focus on my shooting form, like things like that kind of, I just X'd out of the way by focusing on my physical um, shape. And then at the same time, I worked on a lot of like mentality stuff. Another thing that I had never really done before. I'd never really treated, um, you know, each and every practice as something that I should probably be writing about and getting my feelings about like in a journal or, um, you know, having those going the extra mile to have those conversations with teammates, you know, and as a junior, I had, I was a captain. Um, so I had a new leadership role. And, um, I think those like doing the little things and going the extra mile, that was something that I worked on a lot that off season as well to, in order to, you know, create relationships that make that what we were just talking about that idea of, um, kind of competing in practice and making each other better on our own field so that we can succeed all together when it comes to game day. Um, that only comes when you trust each other. Right. And that only comes when you really have that belief and that full hearted, like I would do literally anything for you. Um, so I think it was a little bit of a physical personal change for me. And then also at the same time, just kind of mentally and physically treating myself as if I was an elite athlete, because that's exactly what I needed. Yes. And obviously, I mean, it worked. <laughs> you, you killed it. So um, if you like could say to someone who's a little bit like maybe going through the recruiting process, a little hesitant, I mean, lacrosse has made this big change of being like, it's not just five schools anymore. It's there's so many competitive programs. And 
what would you want to say to someone if you could that may be looking at a school that's like, oh, they're not like my typical top 20, but maybe you could be the person or part of the reason why they get to that next level? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that's exactly it. Like, I think that one, it's incredible that there aren't just like a couple powerhouses in our game anymore. Um, it's anyone's game. It really is. You see it. And that's just a testament to how much everybody out there is, is growing our sport and doing an incredible job at it. Um, so that's a really exciting thing. I think when it comes to like the recruiting process, think about finding your home and where you can be your absolute best self as a whole. Um, you know, I think that me finding Stony Brook was incredible for me as a lacrosse player, definitely because of the mentors and the people that I had around me in order to push me. Um, but at the same time, like it, was incredible for me growing as a person too. Um, you know, and I think that if you can't find that, like, that's what you want to look for in your recruiting process. You want to look for a place that you can call home for four to five years. Um, and where you can grow, like being going from, you know, 18 to 22 years old, like that's a real important time in your life. You want to be able to surround yourself with good people in a good place, um, and be able to grow to your best self. So I think when it comes to that, look for that and make sure that you have open arms because to your point, um, your home can be hide hiding anywhere. Um, and mine, I didn't know was going to be 35 minutes down the road for me. Um, but it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of relate to that in the aspect when I like was getting recruited in Virginia tech reached out. I didn't even know that was a school. So not cutting off any school, just taking every opportunity and kind of just why not, like, why not look into it and don't cross off any school off your list. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so now talking about your life after Stony Brook, I think when it comes to like lacrosse players or any type of athlete, there's this time after collegiate sports where you kind of look back and you're like, I can say goodbye to lacrosse because lacrosse is, is kind of in that transition period where we are getting pro leagues and there's a step beyond just college, which is awesome. But there, for a lot of people, there is that point of like, oh, I just played in my last college game, which also just so happens to be my last lacrosse game ever. So where was your approach after you graduated, after you played your last game at Stony Brook? Did you always think like lacrosse will be something a part of my life forever? Or was there ever a point in time you were like, I don't think I'm going to do this after college? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't like when I was growing up and everything. And even when I went like immediately got to Stony Brook, I don't think I knew, I knew that lacrosse was going to be in my life forever. Um, I knew that like I loved coaching. I love, you know, developing young players. I love seeing that look in their eyes when they learn something new and they finally hit a new trick or something. Um, so I knew that was going to be in my life. Did I know that it was going to be my entire career path? No. Um, but I'm so grateful that that's an opportunity. Um, because I think to your point, like there is that really tough crossroads at the end of playing college sports where it's like, okay, I'm either throwing it, you know, away the cleats and I'm just going straight into the workforce or, you know, I can chase after this for a little bit longer, or there's also that middle ground where it's kind of like a little bit of both where, you know, you kind of hop into the work world and then you can kind of play a little bit pro or coach a little bit on the side. And, um, you know, there's, there's no shame in taking one path or the other. Right. And I think it's just a, it's a tough process for a lot of players and a lot of people. Um, but for me personally, it was, you know, that kind of love and that kind of passion for coaching the youth 
and developing the youth. I did a lot of like private lessons and stuff like that while I was at Stony Brook. And I just loved it. I wanted to turn it into something real. I wanted to turn it into something that I could um, continue growing. And if there was a way for me to do it, not only on Long Island, but in places that I had never been before in places that I had been hearing needed help growing the sport or needed help, you know, introducing it to young players, or, um, it was new in the area, but they didn't get as much exposure or experience. Um, I knew that I was lucky enough to have the opportunities from the sport that I had had personally, that why can't I go and share it? You know? Um, so that's what I kind of, when I graduated, I turned, um, into KO 17 lacrosse. I found a KO 17, um, in 2018, literally I graduated in May of 2018, September of 2018, KO 17 lacrosse was founded. And, um, you know, I also just wanted to, to play as long as I can. That's still my goal. As long as my body will let me, um, yeah. I, will, I will be playing lacrosse. You don't look a beat behind. You're, you're good. You're good. Thanks so much because I think you like hit 21 and like all of a sudden, like everything, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I look out, I'm like, I went to your guys's games like the other week and I was like, some of these people have kids. I was like, they look faster than I do. I'm like, how does their body let them do that? But I mean, go off. I know it's incredible. I mean, some of these women here at the, you know, at a, athletes unlimited are incredible. I think there's three moms here and, um, you know, just the way that our bodies allow us to do this, um, is such an incredible thing. It's such a badass thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think on the playing sense, you know, uh, to your point again, like halfway through college is when professional lacrosse on the women's side became a thing. Um, so I thought that my career like would be over at the end of my college career if I didn't get an invite to the national team tryouts. Um, so that's what I was kind of preparing for, but halfway through it was like, Hey, there's professional lacrosse now. And at that point, like there was not a doubt in my mind that I was going to try and play. Um, because again, I just, I couldn't see myself without the sport. And if my body's going to let me play, I'm going to, it's always been my escape. It's always been my like place to be creative. It's always been my like kind of happy place, I guess. Um, so if there was a place for me to be able to do that and be able to make some sort of money, like why the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Uh, I love like the direction that lacrosse is heading. Um, you touched upon your business KO 17 lacrosse. I would love to get more into that. So if you could just give us a little background of what this is, what your ultimate goals are and kind of how it's run. Yeah. So KO 17 lacrosse started off as a place where, um, you know, I kind of just worked on group sessions, clinics, um, kind of just a place of business where I could run a lot of that coaching. Um, and then I turned it into, um, a lot of like travel events as well. So, um, I'd kind of travel the country. I do all sorts of clinics, events, developmental camps, things like that with different clubs, different areas, um, and even just kind of on my own. And then we, um, just recently in 2020, we developed a mobile app as well. So we develop, um, you know, young players on the holistic side of things. And that's, I think something that's a really big moral value for me in KO 17 lacrosse is, um, I think just going back to that one piece of my story, before my junior year uh, in college. And when I made the switch to becoming an elite player, wasn't necessarily anything to do with my lacrosse stick. Um, It was more so, you know, what I was, you know, putting in my body, how I was taking care of my body, how I was taking care of my brain, how I was taking care of the people around me. And um, that's a lot of the stuff that I think is really, really significant, especially in 
young players and in young um, girls' minds as they develop as lacrosse players. So um, that's a big kind of aspect of KO17 lacrosse and of our app is, you know, we've got um, a different mentality, like mental skills training workshop with me every week on the app. We do um, my podcast where I interview all sorts of different people in the game and around the game that have an awesome influence and awesome stories. Um, we do live like virtual sessions. We do film breakdowns. We do um, all sorts of different like videos and drills and stuff like that, that people can watch all over the world. We have people on our app that, you know, are literally in Hong Kong, Germany, um, Canada. It's incredible. It kind of like blows my mind to this point. But um, ultimately, when I started KO17 Lacrosse and still my goal is to be able to touch and reach as many, you know, young aspiring lacrosse players and coaches and people who just want to develop in the sense of the game that I can. Um, And I'm one person. So if I can do that from, you know, my mobile phone, then I'm definitely going to try and do so. So. Uh, been very lucky. It's been um, growing a ton and I have a really, a lot of really awesome support in the system around me. And um, yeah, it's been incredible so far. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the incorporation of just like the whole mental aspect. I feel like today is um, it's a really pivotal thing in our, in just in the athletic world is the whole different mental aspect. And I think teaching at such a young age, I mean, it's going to elevate their game even more. And just having those tools to fall back on. I think that's just awesome. Um, I definitely need to talk about the iBlack logo. I mean, you're like famous for it. So how did that even start? Where did it come from? I Just the whole story behind it. Um, yeah, so the eye black I started wearing in high school. Um, I my sister and I always wore eye black in high school for our high school games, and um, we just kind of had fun with it. Like it was just another way to like express ourselves, have a little fun, like kind of just like right before a game as like a little superstition, like hey, let's put our eye black on, and hey, now it's game time. Um, but I used to wear like just triangles on my cheeks. And one of my friends in high school was like, you should turn it up on the sides. Like it'll look like the Batman wings a little bit. <laughs> so like, it's funny. Cause you see like the development of it, like from high school through college and like then slowly out. getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, slowly, <laughs> like the wing gets higher and higher and like, it becomes a little bit more my own. But um, yeah, by the time I, I got to, I brought it to college um, and it just kind of became a thing. Like I remember halfway through college, I thought about like not wearing it anymore. So I was like, no one's wearing eye black out there. Like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I questioned it a little bit. And I mentioned it to one of the girls that I was training and she was like, what do you mean? You're not going to wear your eye black. Like, how am I supposed to know who you are on the field? <laughs> I was like, so all right, terrible. I guess like, um, you know, it kind of made me laugh, but then I was like, wait, this like might be it. Like how I, like you just said, like how I'm kind of recognized. It might yeah, be it's your thing. thing. Yeah. So, you know, it got much bigger than I ever imagined it to be. It ended up, you know, turning into the logo for KO 17 lacrosse. It's um, now something that I wear for all three games of every athletes unlimited weekend. And, um, you know, it's just kind of like my game face and um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to rock it. And I'm proud to say that a lot of young girls around the world are and girls and boys, I should say, I've gotten incredible amounts of DMS and pictures on social media and, um, you know, of just kind of copying that eye black and it, it kind of makes my heart really full. So, yeah, I mean, that's so cool. Um, and then you guys have, you have a slogan or slogan, I guess you could say of dream on, and that's like the title of your podcast. Where did that, how did you end up choosing that like phrase? Yeah. So I actually have a tattoo on my arm. Oh, um, cool. Matching with my sister. This one is in her handwriting. Hers is in my handwriting. It says dream on. Um, and we got that together 
um, just based on the uh, Aerosmith song Dream On uh, that is in the movie Miracle. Oh, um, I, I love, okay. The favorite movie also that is that right? <laughs> best movie ever. <laughs> like if you ever need to like get hyped, you could just, watch Oh yeah. So, I'm like we're playing, I'm like, we're playing some top tier teams today. Like yeah. that. we're pulling a miracle. Like <laughs> <laughs> pulling a miracle. Love yeah. it. No, it's so true. Um, but we used to watch it. Like we were just, you know, again, we were lax rats when we were younger and we mm-hmm. had these dreams and we were like, yeah, we want to do these big things together. And I was lucky enough to be able to play at Stony Brook with my sister for two years and, um, chase after those actual dreams together like just us sisters and it was really really cool so um this tattoo means a lot to me the saying means a lot to me I think it's also just kind of like what I want um anybody who kind of looks to me or looks um into the point of dream on is like if you and this is something that I tell my girls all the time is if if you write them down on paper if you like believe in them that hard if you have like a Joe Spelina or you know like in your circle and your people in your circle who believe in you that hard like why wouldn't you continue to dream on right like why wouldn't you continue to have them and chase after them and um they can just turn into reality so I think to that point as well like find your people and find your circle because um those people are going to help you make sure that those dreams come true I'm going to be doing this or Stony Brook's going to be here they would have been like okay Kylie like whatever but then you're like no I actually did it like you really like like Joe Spelina told you he was like you're going to be on magazines you're going to be and like competing um and to the point of dream on is like if you and this is something that I tell my girls all the time is if if you write them down on paper if you like believe in them that hard if you have like a Joe Spelina or you know like in your circle and your people in your circle who believe in you that hard like why wouldn't you continue to dream on right like why wouldn't you continue to have them and chase after them and um they can just turn into reality so I think to that point as well like find your people and find your circle because um those people are going to help you make sure that those dreams come true in your circle and your people in your circle who believe in you that hard like why wouldn't you continue to dream on right like why wouldn't you need to have them and chase after them and um they can just turn into reality so i think to that point as well like find your people and find your circle because um those people are going to help you make sure that those dreams come true absolutely just got to find find your support system and they'll hype you up your hype squad i mean (laughs) (laughs) those are the most important people in life uh okay so going into like kind of your present day um experience of athletes unlimited I mean that's just so awesome you're part of something that's so cool you're making history and one of um this is the first season for athletes unlimited for lacrosse so just kind of explain to us that experience you're also you also have been a captain for three of the weeks so you got to pick your team which is super fun and rep all the different colors I mean just how how has that experience been overall yeah. So first inaugural season of Athletes Unlimited, we've gone through a couple different versions of professional across over the last couple of years. And um, our biggest issue has been finding something that's going to last and be sustainable. And I really think that we found something here with Athletes Unlimited. And um, it's been incredible. You know, I think the the differences in what we usually see and how that, you know, the top four players on the leaderboard are the captains for the next week and get to draft their own teams and um, you know, are the captains of those teams for the entire week or making decisions out on the field as if they're coaches, even though they're players out on the field. And then um, just kind of the competitive aspect of it and the ever changing flow of the teams 
keeps it interesting, keeps practices interesting, um, and keeps it fun too. It keeps it light. Um, and you get to work on and off the field with players that you might've only known on social media. You might've met once at like LaxCon. You might've like played against in college. You also might be playing with players that you played with all four years of college. Um, you might be playing with players that you're playing with on, in the U S national team pool. Um, and it's just kind of like bouncing around from all of that for five weeks straight. It's, it's an incredible playing experience um, for one as a player. Like that's, that's been a really, really great thing. And then on the other side of it, athletes unlimited is, their main, main thing is to give us the opportunities to showcase our talents and our abilities and our sport on levels that it's never been showcased before. Um, and I think that, you know, anybody out there who's kind of seeing what's been done with Athletes Unlimited this season, it's it's incredible. The opportunities they're giving us, um, you know, we, we get to play for different causes. We get to raise money for those causes. We get to, um, you know, I had the chance to throw the first pet pitch at the Washington nationals game. Um, our games are on Fox sports, CBS sports, um, sports center. Like it's just incredible things that the professional side of the women's game has literally never seen before. Um, and to think that the season has only been four and a half weeks long so far, and we've got one more um, is a really, really incredible thing. And we're just, I think, super grateful for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. It's definitely elevating the women's side for sure. And I love that um, you guys are just like playing for something bigger than yourselves. And also just like, I don't know. I mean, your household is probably the same, but there's just always lacrosse on, on like TV everywhere. Like, and I'm like, okay, like summer, usually we can't watch it now we can. So that's good. It's just always on, um, which is super fun. I mean, even on social media, just seeing the trick shots and just always just be like, who's on what team this week or who was first picked. Like, that's just so cool. And also like, uh, the first pitch, I totally forgot you did that. That is, were you nervous? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was, um, yeah. The like <laughs> most nerve wracking thing of my life. Like, thank goodness it happened. Like the game started at seven and it happened at like six 30. So the stands weren't completely full yet. Thank goodness. <laughs> but I have never seen a like monitor screen so big in my life. Like I was walking out <laughs> to the field and like the screen that like everybody in the stands can see, I saw myself on and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like please just take the ball, get to the plate. Please. Like, did you, did you, throw, you throw it with your hand, right? Not that you're sick. Yeah. Which like That's hard. Like, that's hard. Yeah. So I know. And like, as a lacrosse player, it's so funny because like, obviously I can throw a ball, but like no, as with the elbows, it's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, can you just give me my stick? I promise I'll get it. I'll throw it however you want. But no, I, they didn't allow me to have my stick, but then I saw Charlotte was allowed yeah, to have Charlotte got, she did she's everything. such a, she's such a badass. That's so awesome. I know. But yeah. So, so cool. cool. No, I remember like, even in gym class, like we'd play like softball and my PE teacher, she'd be like, what are you doing? Like, why can't you throw a ball? And I was like, it's so different. Like just go straight to the ground. Oh my God. And it's a, uh, a baseball, like, um, mound it's far from home plate. Baseball mounds are are far. Yeah. My uh, teammates that, that morning at practice here at athletes unlimited were really nice. They let me practice a little bit. Oh, good. (laughs) Do you want to make a fool of yourself? I really was so nervous the whole day, but it's okay. We did. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then for athletes unlimited, did you guys all play for different causes? I feel like this is kind of where our connection came into it. Um, you are, you are representing headstrong, which is just an amazing foundation that helps families who are impacted by cancer with funds, just anything like that services. It's a great foundation. Obviously it's one that's really near and dear to my heart for like 
obviously for my personal story. Um, so what is it like kind of playing for something that's way bigger than yourself and representing such a great foundation? Um, you know, I think it's, it's really, really important and it's really unique to this league. Um, and it kind of just shows how much that they give us, you know, the opportunity to do something bigger than ourselves. Um, and the opportunity to kind of play for headstrong is, was a no brainer for me, um, you know, because of stories like your own and because of, you know, the people within the lacrosse world that, um, including, you know, uh, the Collory family and the entire headstrong foundation, how, like incredibly supportive they are of all things within the lacrosse world, which as you know, is my life, um, you know, and they do so much for these families who are affected by cancer, but also do so much for the lacrosse world. And it's like, if you can balance two of those things and still be able to give us that much attention, that much love, um, if any chance, if there's any chance that I can give some of that right back, then I'm going to be able to, I would love to be able to do that. So, um, you know, when athletes unlimited allowed us to play for a cause, that was my immediate, um, first go-to and, um, it's been incredible so far. I think that, um, you know, we're raising money and, and headstrong's got a really, really cool, um, team of us. I think it's like five of us here or something that are playing for headstrong. And, um, again, any opportunity that if we're doing our thing out on the field, we can showcase the incredible things that, um, headstrong is doing off the fields. Um, I think that's a no brainer for headstrong. I mean, it means so much to me personally and to families. And I think also what you said, like the reminder of headstrong is so in, um, involved in the lacrosse world. I had to like remind myself, I'm like, it's not just a lacrosse foundation, which is like insane, but like game hair havoc that, um, is very much so a lacrosse thing, but I just love seeing the lacrosse community come together for such an incredible foundation. And just like, thank you for all the work that you're doing for them and just everyone that's representing any foundation, honestly. I mean, there's so many Morgan's message, one love. I mean, there's so many great foundations just being represented, which is just so, so cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that just goes to show all the really like hard work that athletes unlimited does for us in order to like do things. It's very player led. Right. Um, and anything that we kind of like bring to our player executive committee, which is comprised of, I think five of the players here, um, it goes through us to them and then to like the, to the staff and everything like that. And then vice versa. So it's a really great system in a sense that like a lot of the things that we want to get done are getting done. Um, that's really, really important for the future of the game. That's so cool that you guys kind of have like more power than maybe you're used to, which is awesome. Um, okay. So transition into like more, some, I guess some fun little topics. So we had to talk about your dog, <laughs> Oakley, who you guys, if you don't follow Kyla on Instagram or Oakley on Instagram, what are you doing? Follow them. Um, she is the cutest mini Aussie, mini yeah. Australian shepherd. Um, just give, talk to us about Oakley. I mean, he just seems like a character. Oh, when yeah. did you get him? Like, is he with you now? Um, honestly, right now he, he was with me for four weeks. He just went home to, um, to my parents' house to run around a little bit. I felt bad keeping him in the hotel hotel, (laughs) all day long every day. Um, yeah, he's so Oakley is my little man. He is 10 months old. No Uh, way. Really? Yeah. He's he's still a puppy. I got him in right before Christmas of 20. So, um, 
And his fun fact, we share the same birthday. He was born oh, on my birthday in September. So we are going to be celebrating 25 years old for me and one year old for him this, this fall. And I'm oh, those excited. are big dates, big 25 dates. and one. That's I know. Big. I'm more excited about his than I am about mine, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, I mean, I, I live alone. So like, he is like, literally we do everything together. Um, and yeah, he's just a cutie. He's he has no tail, but he has a very like wiggly butt. Um, he that's how he like greets people. He gets excited. So like instead of wagging his tail, he wags his entire butt. Um, and he also loves to stand on elevated surfaces. So whether that's like literally my desk at home or a coffee table or you know, there's a courtyard here at the uh, at the hotel that has like actual tables and chairs and when he went down to hang out with some of the girls, he was literally just hopping onto the table. And I was like, sorry, yeah, this is my cat. <laughs> um, but it's like yeah, a mountain goat. Like <laughs> it is. Like he just, but he's always like, he's just a cutie. But yeah. Um, I did the late COVID puppy situation. Yeah. Is he like That's- attached to you? Um, a little bit, but he's not too bad. He's very, he's very right. independent. Um, oh, good, good. <laughs> very we love that. But he will poke his head in the shower curtain every once in a while. Like, hey, you still here? <laughs> so- oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, no, he's adorable. Great content on the Instagram. <laughs> Whenever I see Oakley, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a good day. <laughs> I try so my cute. best to keep like it to a minimum because there is so much that I could post. But um, yeah, he's he's a cutie. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. Oh my god, you guys will definitely have to check it out. Um, so then I had some fan submit questions for you. And there's just like little like fun ones or just pieces of advice. Um, so the first question I got was how did you choose your number? And it's 17. Yes. Number 17. Great question. I also have a tattoo of that. Um, oh, awesome. Great. We, I love <laughs> tattoos. I mean, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know me too. Um, but yeah, my dad wore number 17 all growing up playing sports and um, he had told me that at a really young age. So ever since I like started playing sports, I wanted to be just like him. And I, you know, play, wore, wore number 17. It was my favorite number, like all growing up. And, um, yeah, I wore it because my dad wore it. Um, and then, you know, obviously continued all the way through Stony Brook and everything. And any chance I get to rock 17, I will be. Um, but me and my dad have matching tattoos of it. Oh, cute. You guys all have matching tattoos. <laughs> I love it. I do. Um, all right. And then another question, do you have a pregame ritual? And if you do, what is it? Um, well, I always put the eye black on yeah. and the only other thing that I make sure that I do is I always eat like a handful of Skittles before Skittles. I- what was your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, you know, it's funny. My mom gets me the packs of red, white, and blue ones. Um, oh, just like, because a lot of like where I've been playing has been like us training weekends, yeah. these days, but, um, also with the Stony Brook too, but yeah, it was, it started when I was in middle school and I was at like yellow jackets tournaments. And you know, at those tournaments, sometimes you have like 7am games mm-hmm. and you have crazy schedules. So my dad, I didn't eat, drink coffee yet. So my dad would always be like, all right, we're stopping at 7-Eleven. Like, let's get you some sugar. What do you yeah, want? Pump I, you up. <laughs> yep, I would always get Skittles. So ever since then, I uh, brought it all the way through college, all the way through pro and still do it. To this oh day. my gosh. I love that. The red, white. I don't know if I've ever had that pack, but yeah, it good. Good. I mean, it's the regular <laughs> flavors, but I don't know where the white one comes from, but they're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. Next one. What is one thing you hope to grow in? I don't, it doesn't have to be lacrosse related. It can be. So that's a, yeah. What anything. That's a really cool question. Yeah. Um, to grow in. 
That is a really, really cool question. Um, you know, I think prior to this season, this Athletes Unlimited season, I would have said like getting back to like leadership roles, um, which I think has been a really cool experience to be able to do um, here just because of COVID and everything and not having a place to play professionally and just like post-collegiately at all for about two years. Um, you, you kind of lose that sense of your identity a little bit, um, at least personally for me. So I think that's, that was a goal for me going into this was kind of growing in that sense again, and almost regrowing maybe, um, and maybe in a new way. Um, but then, I mean, maybe off the fields growing, just kind of like in a sense of experience, um, whether that looks like traveling to new places, whether that looks like um, getting off of Long Island eventually, whether that looks like, um, taking in new opportunities that, that come, like I started doing a little bit of broadcasting. Um, oh, cool. you know, like just things I love that, that. I, yeah, just things that I maybe like, again, in college, I would have been like, Whoa, what am I like? I would yeah. be that in a couple of years, you know? Um, but yeah, I think like any sort of opportunities that come my way, I want to be able to have the courage to say yes to. I love that. Like, just why not? Why not? Exactly. Um, last question. <laughs> Okay. What is the best piece of advice you have been given? Hmm. Um, two, two different things. One came from Joe Spelina and that would be to block the noise. Um, and I think, you know, he was, he was talking about it in a sense of like a lot of the pressures that came for around our Stony Brook team and succeeding. Um, and then personally as a player too, um, but I think I've taken that into just kind of everything and, you know, you go through even, you know, as a young person on social media and the trolls and everything like that, or, or even just, you know, growing up and, and the drama and things like that, like being able to block out the things, the negative outside forces that can seep into our internal, how we feel about ourselves and how confident we are in ourselves. Um, being able to block that kind of noise and still believe in yourself is something that I'll always take with me throughout my life. And then second piece came from my dad um, and that's more lacrosse related. And he, um, from a young, when I was young, always used to let, tell me to let the game come to me, Um, that the game would always find me. There was no reason to kind of like force any, anything, force it to happen, force, you know, the goals, force the plays, force um, yourself to be out there. Right. It was just let the game come to you. This is kind of like what you work so hard for. This is your passion. This is what you love. Um, it's going to come kind of thing. And, and that's when I'm playing my best across is when I kind of listen to that advice. Yeah. I love both of those. I mean, so <laughs> true. Um, that's all I have for you today. Um, I mean, you gave great advice. You gave us a little yeah. ro- like rundown of who you are. I mean, this was just so fun and such a pleasure. I mean, li- hearing and talking to one of the best of the best in the lacrosse world, but also just taking a step beyond of being a great player. I think you're like kind of the epitome of having a whole different side of you outside of just your play, which I think is so important in terms of growing the game and just being a role model to the younger athletes out there. And I'm just like, I just feel like so blessed to be able to talk to you. Well, right back at you. And I actually, um, you know, thank you so much for having me and for all those incredibly kind words. I can't believe you know, what's really great about the lacrosse world is that we've literally never met in person, but I feel like I have, and I'm so yes, I've known you for years, right? <laughs> um, but I do have one question for you. Oh, I like this. Will you be on my dream on podcast? 
Kylie, absolutely. <laughs> like, yes, I don't even have to hesitate. Absolutely. I will absolutely be on your dream on podcast. I mean, that is like my dream living on, as you would uh, say. There we go. That's what we're here. Um, you guys hear, heard it here first. We're doing a podcast <laughs> for podcast flip. Kylie's on mine. I'll be on hers. That is like absolute like privilege. Yes. We'll have to set it up. Amazing. Oh my God. You just made my day. Stop. <laughs> you made mine by having me on here. So thank you so much. And keep oh, yeah, thank you. Because I'm, I'm pumped for your future and, um, everything that you you've already accomplished and already thank have. You. So, oh, um, thank you. Yeah. I'm really hoping like you had your little moment junior year. This is my junior year. I'll take some of the advice you just gave yeah. me and <laughs> elevate my play and just kind of do something bigger than myself. I mean, there's just so much, so much to learn when it comes to like just the people you meet in this crazy, crazy, small lacrosse world for real. It's an incredible one. And you're already doing so much to inspire without even knowing it. So keep it up. All right. And thank, thank you. you. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And the next time we'll talk, we'll be on your pod. Everyone better listen, subscribe to dream on. It's great. Um, she has really cool guests, like just really, really cool. I'm like, I came in the same bubble as that, but I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode so much. I mean, Kylie's awesome. Definitely take the things that she said and run with it and just enjoy this podcast enjoy the rest of it leave um any comments if you guys have any things that you like to add or say but just have the best day ever and thank you